Section 57 of Expository Thoughts on the Gospel of St. Matthew by J. C. Ryle. Chapter 18, verses 21 to 35. Parable of the Unforgiving Servant. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Marianne. Matthew, chapter 18, verses 21 to 35. Then came Peter to him, and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times? Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee, until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him ten thousand talents. But forasmuch he had naught to pay, his lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife, and children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the lord of that servant was moved with compassion, and loosed him, and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out, and found one of his fellow-servants, which owed him a hundred pence, and laid hands on him, and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow-servant fell down at his feet, and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison, till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow-servants saw what was done, they were very sorry, and came and told unto their lord all that was done. Then his lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt, because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow-servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his lord was wroth, and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. In these verses, the Lord Jesus deals with a deeply important subject, the forgiveness of injuries. We live in a wicked world, and it is vain to expect that we can escape ill-treatment, however carefully we may behave. To know how to conduct ourselves when we are ill-treated is of great moment to our souls. In the first place, the Lord Jesus lays it down as a general rule that we ought to forgive others to the uttermost. Peter puts the question, How often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times. He received for answer, I say not unto thee till seven times, but until seventy times seven. The rule here laid down must, of course, be interpreted with sober-minded qualification. Our Lord does not mean that offenses against the law of the land and the good order of society are to be passed over in silence. He does not mean that we are to allow people to commit thefts and assaults with impunity. All that he means is that we are to study a general spirit of mercy and forgiveness towards our brethren. We are to bear much and to put up with much, rather than quarrel. We are to look over much, and submit to much, rather than have any strife. We are to lay aside everything like malice, strife, revenge, and retaliation. Such feelings are only fit for heathens. 
they are utterly unworthy of a disciple of Christ. What a happy world it would be if this rule of our Lord's was more known and better obeyed! How many of the miseries of mankind are occasioned by disputes, quarrels, lawsuits, and an obstinate tenacity about what men call their rights! How many of them might be altogether avoided if men were more willing to forgive and more desirous for peace! Let us never forget that a fire cannot go on burning without fuel. Just in the same way it takes two to make a quarrel. Let us each resolve by God's grace that of these two we will never be one. Let us resolve to return good for evil and blessing for cursing, and so melt down enmity and change our foes into friends. Romans chapter 12 and verse 20. It was a fine feature in Archbishop Cramner's character that if you did him an injury, he was sure to be your friend. In the second place, our Lord supplies us with two powerful motives for exercising a forgiving spirit. He tells us a story of a man who owed an enormous sum to his master and had nothing to pay. Nevertheless, at the time of reckoning, his master had compassion on him and forgave him all. He tells us that this very man, after being forgiven himself, refused to forgive a fellow-servant a trifling debt of a few pence. He actually cast him into prison, and would not abate a jot of his demand. He tells us how punishment overtook this wicked and cruel man, who, after receiving mercy, ought surely to have shown mercy to others. And finally, he concludes the parable with the impressive words, so likewise shall my heavenly Father do unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. It is clear from this parable that one motive for forgiving others ought to be the recollection that we all need forgiveness at God's hands ourselves. Day after day we are coming short in many ways, leaving undone what we ought to do, and doing what we ought not to do. Day after day we require mercy and pardon. Our neighbor's offenses against us are mere trifles compared with our offenses against God. Surely it ill becomes poor erring creatures like us to be extreme in marking what is done amiss by our brethren, or slow to forgive it. Another motive for forgiving others ought to be the recollection of the day of judgment and the standard by which we shall all be tried in that day. There will be no forgiveness in that day for unforgiving people. Such people would be unfit for heaven. They would not be able to value a dwelling place to which mercy is the only title, and in which mercy is the eternal subject of song. Surely if we mean to stand at the right hand when Jesus sits on the throne of his glory, we must learn, while we are on earth, to forgive let these truths sink down deeply into our hearts. It is a melancholy fact that there are few Christian duties so little practiced as that of forgiveness. It is sad to see how much bitterness, unmercifulness, spite, hardness, and unkindness there is among men. Yet there are few duties so strongly enforced in the New Testament scriptures as this duty is and few the neglect of which so clearly shuts a man out of the kingdom of God. Would we give proof that we are at peace with God, washed in Christ's blood, 
born of the Spirit, and made God's children by adoption and grace? Let us remember this passage. Like our Father in heaven, let us be forgiving. Has any man injured us? Let us this day forgive him. As Lytton says, we ought to forgive ourselves little, and others much. Would we do good in the world? Would we have any influence on others, and make them see the beauty of true religion? Let us remember this passage. Men who care not for doctrines can understand a forgiving temper. Would we grow in grace ourselves, and become more holy in all our ways, words, and works? Let us remember this passage. Nothing so grieves the Holy Spirit, and brings spiritual darkness over the soul, as giving way to a quarrelsome and unforgiving temper. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 31 to 32. End of section 57